Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, Chris Carlson, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. This is Hour 2 of 2, and the broadcast is for January 21st in the year of our Lord, 2023. Ladies and gentlemen, are you for God, family, and country? Do you want to protect life, liberty, and property? If so, you're in the right place. If not, turn your radio off. Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. Term limits are what we highlighted last hour, ending with, let's start now. Are you a term limit guy, Chris? I am. So this might get a little interesting, Sam, because I know you and I disagree on on, but we don't disagree on principles. I want to make uh, clear to your audience that we do not dis- disagree on principles. We just disagree on how we might get to where we're both trying to go, which is a constitutional republic restoration. So four term limits. Are you ready for my rationale, my argument? Absolutely. Okay. So as far as term limits are concerned, Sam, anyone who desires to stay in power for more than about 12 years-ish, uh, is I think uh, desires in Washington, yeah, Washington D.C. is afflicted with a disease known as <clears throat> Potomac fever. Okay, the only cure for Potomac fever, Sam, is to live in an environment that is conducive to the realization of the consequences of the laws that you have forced the rest of us to live under. Now that sounds pretty rational, don't you think? No, well, you get to since you were in Washington, you don't. Okay, well, how so? Why not? All right, let's <laughs> let's dig in. The founding fathers debated term limits. Are you aware of this? Yes, I know Thomas Jefferson was in favor, but he wasn't part of the Constitutional Drafting Convention. If yeah, he had so been there, we may have let's, had let's, term let's limits. Let's end this discussion in a in a real sense by saying the founding fathers chose against them. Yeah, I know. I know. All right, so you break with the tradition of the Founding Fathers when you vote for them, number one. Well, number well, two, my response is this. Uh, everybody seeks for power except for the very few. Christ uh, is the great example uh, of appropriate power usage. Uh, George Washington came very close. In the mere mortal world of humans, George Washington was the best I know, and he term-limited himself. However, it's left to the people, and you can term limit anybody you want to, my fellow Americans. All you got to do is vote them out. But yet, what we want to do is put a law in place to prevent us from having to take responsibility for those whom we elect or do not elect. See, what we want to do is we want to put something in place that says you're not going to serve any longer than two terms or whatever the case may be. My response is, look, folks, listen. (laughs) The reality is, if you want somebody out of office, get them out. And if you don't use your vote wisely, you just want to somehow create a law to make up for your inadequacies or unwillingness to be involved and hold accountable. See, there takes, if you're going to have a constitutional republic, the founders said, you know what, you've got a constitutional republic if you can keep it. What they meant by that is you've got to be anxiously engaged in a good cause. You've got to be actively involved. You've got to vote for the person who would carry out your will if you were there. And and so what happens with term limits is pretty soon we think we can create these automated tasks that will run the proper role of government. And that alone is an absolute farce. It can not work. It will not work. It has never worked. And therefore, all your levers to prevent 
the system from running off the rails will not work. Without engaged, moral, honest, accountable, involved citizenry, you will not make a constitutional republic like America run properly. You will not. And there's nothing that will replace that reality. Nothing. You're right. And so, therefore, I stand with the founders, sir. You're right. No, you made you made very good points. So it would kind of be overriding the will of the people. But that can feed to this notion of democratic supremacy. In other words, that we should do everything democratically. If 50-plus percent of the people are in favor of something, well, let's do it that way. And no, 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 no. Can... We don't do it democratically. We do it constitutionally, which means you have some democratic okay. principles tempered with layers of appropriate checks and balances. And see, what term limits okay. does is it basically violates all the checks and balances and says we're going to have a, an absolute check. But there's no balances. There's no change in the the game there's no ability to to flex as the constitution was designed uh to do with that it's a hard stop uh and and, and so you 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 want this final check to circumvent all the the checks and balances you just want to check with no balances is the problem we don't have a democratic system we have some d democratic principles within our system uh, but mm -hmm. we elect people who then elect people who then serve us every uh, system that we have has balances to them. If you create term limits, you jettison all the balances, right? Yeah. See, that's why great minds can disagree because you make some very good points, Sam, and I agree with everything you've said. So would you be interested in repealing the 22nd Amendment, which limits the presidency to two terms? Yes. You would? Okay. Absolutely. We, we might have Obama still in office at this point. We might have Bill Clinton. Wait, Who knows? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Only if the people choose evil would have Obama. That's right. If the That's people right. choose righteousness okay. and choose honor and do their duty to their God and to their country, we wouldn't have Obama. In fact, we might have Chris Carlson. Yeah. See, that's the part we're not <laughs> understanding. If we just go ahead and, and we think we can have a uh, Tesla driving government, You've lost your minds, folks. It ain't going to happen. Don't pretend it will. Don't try to put stop gaps and brakes in that you won't do yourself because it will not okay. work. Right? Okay. No, you make some wonderful points, Sam. I'm not going to disagree because I don't want your audience to get the impression that we disagree on principle. But, but I don't. do want you to highlight, though, the reasons that you still think it makes sense. And I'll talk about each one of them one at a time, though. Let's, let, what else do you think makes sense? The founders voted okay. against it. It takes mm -hmm. away the responsibility of the American people. It isn't the current law of the land. Would I repeal this 22nd Amendment? Absolutely. We don't need it, folks. Okay. All right. Well, Thomas Jefferson and I disagree, but that's okay. That's okay. We can disagree on minor points. It's not a principle that we're disagreeing on. We're, 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 we're disagreeing on the vehicle that we use to get to the same destination. Let me put that way. You talk about lame duck. Uh, and I know Scott Bradley agrees with you on this. Uh, by imposing term limits, like say, let's say it was 12 years for a senator. For half of those 12 years, they would be a lame duck uh, lawmaker, and they wouldn't really care about the consequences of their actions in Washington because they know that they're not going to be able to be reelected. Yeah, you but my that. plan, my plan is if we term limit them by uh, not electing them next time, they have all the second six years to try to show me why I should keep them there. Yeah, no, and I understand that principle. The accountability they, lasts the whole time, sir. 
Okay. So th there is that pressure applied or, or the lack of, well, yeah, in the case of what we have now, you know, every term there's pressure for them to want to be in a position to be reelected during the next election cycle. I understand that pressure is salutary. It's a good thing. But there's also the pressure, if you know that you're going to be merging back into mainstream society, that you will have to live under the laws that you helped to pass. And I think that pressure may or may not uh, be even worse than the pressure of knowing that you will have to stand for a reelection. Now, you let me I'm throw saying? something out. Just because I'm against a law for term limits, that doesn't mean I'm against using it as a campaign effort. If I tell you, hey, Chris, if you elect me as senator, I will term limit myself to two terms. Okay, I, and that's one of my campaign promises. I don't have any problem with people term limiting themselves. George Washington did it. Yep, he certainly okay. did. I don't have any problem with people saying I'm going to do that. And then you can hold me accountable to my promise. And so I think it certainly should be brought up as a key critical question uh, when we decide if we're going to give somebody a chance to be our servant. Uh, that we bring this up and we extract from them promises that we then, um, that just helps us remove them if they try to hold on longer. I can basically say, look, Sam said he was going to term limit himself. Now he's reneged on that. What a shame Sam is. Disgrace. He promised he would, and now he's reneging because he's holding on to power. See, that can be used powerfully against people. But, yes. but why not make it a campaign issue? Why do we need a law? See, that's the problem with law after law after law. We think that somehow the law is going to make it better, like the criminals or the, the bad guys are going to obey the law. No, you're right. right. So th you're this right. is the problem. Now, I'll give you an example. I have a dear friend. He's a, he used to be a sheriff. His name is Brad Rogers. He's the sheriff of a place called Elkhart County, uh, Indiana. Indiana. He, was, he was the sheriff. Mm -hmm. Now, he got term limited, and he's gone now. Huh. I think he should have stayed. Dude. I think he should have stayed sheriff. However, all he did was quit, and then he ran for county commissioner. Now he's a county commissioner, see? Yeah. So he didn't get out of government yeah. at all. Wasn't, okay, wasn't so, he the one? Go ahead. So I, I this is what I'm talking about. I would rather have people be accountable to me. And if you promise me you'll term limit yourself, and that's one of the reasons that I elect you, then I expect you to do it. And do I think we ought to extract that out of people before they run? Absolutely. So I don't have a problem with getting them office. It's how and what levers we put in place, right? I don't need more laws. You just want another law is the problem with you. Why do you want another law, Chris? I don't. I want the laws oh, to yeah, exist you do. within our minds. And our, okay, yeah, yeah. You caught me. Yeah, so you do. You need to stop but that. Not, don't, 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 okay. don't try to pass another law, buddy. Don't do it, please. We, know, we got gazillions but... of them already. And every time everybody believes their new law is going to be the good one, it's going to be the one to turn around our government, buddy. But it ain't true. Well, you true. have to have some. You have to have some to protect the innocent, no matter how bad Like the Ten Commandments, I'm in. Yeah, you got to have some. But, you know, usually great minds uh, lean towards fewer laws rather than more. You're right. As a Roger that. Hang tight. Chris Carlson continues in seconds as he advocates for term limits. You're listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, 
breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Decades after Jimmy Carter, Joe Biden picked up where he left off. With America surrendering to terrorists, Biden's foolish spending is causing inflation, which means more pain at the pump, higher prices on groceries, devaluing your retirement savings when you need it most. Once was a mistake, twice is a disaster. America needs strong leaders, not weak ones. Save America JFC is responsible for the content of this advertising. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8:44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present day church. Rather, it is for the end time church, the body of the line of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live with Sam Bushman and Chris Carlson. And we're talking about provisions that uh, Kevin McCarthy made with the Conservative Caucus in order to um, get a few of them to stand down and vote present during his um, uh, uh, election to the Speaker of the House. And it worked, but the, he did get some conce- or he did make some concessions with them, and he agreed to do certain things. And we're going through those things. We're talking about whether or not they will be efficacious. And for the most part, I, did, I think they might, they could potentially be. We talked about term limits. They're going to talk about, you know, maybe making um, a law, limiting the terms of congressmen. That may or may not help. Sam doesn't think it will. I think it will. So we can disagree on, you know, certain um, things that are not uh, issues of principle. But another one of those uh, concessions that Kevin McCarthy made with the Freedom Caucus was that he agreed that the CLF, which is a conservative leadership uh, fund, which is a PAC, a PAC, a PAC, a political action committee backed by McCarthy, uh, committed to stay out of open primaries. And I think this might work, Sam. Uh, so basically, when you primary a candidate out, uh, you know, to determine who's going to be the Republican candidate and who's going to be the Democratic candidate, uh, a lot of times uh, these uh, political action committees, uh, this one is one of the more powerful ones, the Conservative Leadership Fund, uh, will back a particular candidate that they think is more electable. Um, unfortunately, those are usually not the best uh, choice for the people. They're not the most conservative. They can be like middle line compromisers, even rhinos. So I think this might help. Um, we'll see. But uh, w- my comment on that is even if, um, you know, you you do get a, 
a conservative, a real true conservative, not a rhino conservative Republican uh, appointed through the um, through primary pro- process in a particular area. If the mainstream media does not back that candidate and favors the Democratic candidate, um, it, it's not going to matter. So the mainstream media pretty much calls all the shots in the elections. We talked about this before, Sam. We need to be careful. Yeah, and their great weight now really creates election fraud oftentimes is the problem, ladies and gentlemen, depending on what they do. But most of the time they're involved in election integrity fraud. And I believe these PACs in the first place. Do you know what a PAC stands for? Political Action Committee. And what it really means is, hey, we have campaign finance laws, but we're going to create a pact to get around those laws, right? And I don't we're going like to be able it. to put money. We're going to be able to put money. In the, so we're not going to take on the pack and shut down the pack for Kevin McCarthy. We're just going to tell you the pack isn't going to get involved in debating certain candidates and where they are in the primaries. As long as the Republican stays in the primaries and as long as the pack stays in existence to circumvent standard money uh, laws, they don't care. They'll make you feel good about that. But the only way to really solve it is get rid of the packs entirely. Either the laws have weight and you shouldn't get around them or jettison the law. But both is a dishonest delivery of falsehoods, Chris. Yeah, uh, well, the whole two-party system is a is a falsehood, like you said, and we talked about. But in as much as you have to work within that system, I don't like the PAC. Yeah, they they are a loophole around the limitations on how much you can contribute to each particular candidate, and they are extremely manipulated by the powers that be to make sure that both candidates in whatever race you're talking about, local as well as national races, are stacked to where it doesn't even matter if the Republican or the Democrat wins. Uh, you still get the PACs, same results. PACs are like parties. They will destroy the country, sir. Oh, yeah. They, they certainly will. I think, it, I, I think the campaign laws should have been the way they used to be before the PACs emerged as a loophole against the limitations. I think people should be limited. I don't know how you feel about that and, and how much they can give to one particular candidate. Because you, you know, you, I you gotta get, give whatever you want to anybody. This is America, not China. If I want to give you a million dollars for whatever reason I want to, I should be able to. Unless that reason is criminal, then that's a different topic. Okay. But I, uh, why, yeah. why should I not be able to give you whatever money I want to? Who do you think you are? It's my money. Well, I can then, do whatever I want then, with it. Well, then the corporation is just like like we're seeing today. You know, through through PACs can rule the day. And I don't like the, the of course, if you fix yeah, the monetary through system. Just, then the, through PACs just means we're going to kind of make it secret. We're going to play games with how much who can give and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Jettison all those laws. Let me give to whoever I want to. If, on the other hand, someone's getting too much money from a corporation, let me, the other side of the aisle, expose that reality. Or let me in the same party, if I'm running against somebody, expose that. Hey, this guy's tied to big money interests that'll sell you down yeah. the river. This guy's tied to big pharma. This guy's tied to this and that. All PACs do is limit my ability to expose you on those scores. Uh, so, see, the, yep. the laws don't, don't help. This idea that you're going to control me, that you're going to limit me, that you're going to shut me down doesn't work, folks. No. Yeah, if we just had if, – if everything was on the up and up, like you said, Sam, you know, out in the open, we didn't use these loopholes and these tricks and these games – I think the election results would be completely and totally different if we didn't favor the, the two-party system, which is a huge problem. You're right, because people, you know, I used to think the same way. If you don't vote for one of the of the other one or the other party, you're throwing your vote away. And I used to think yeah. that. See, money rules and money limits are just like term limits, mm-hmm. right? They don't work. 
Now, because we say PACs can be traced too much, now what they're going to do is they're going to just use what? Dark money? What's that? Well, that's a step beyond PACs that play the game even more dishonestly. This is what I mean. We put all these rules in and it was going to help, and then they created PACs, and then they came out with whatever dark money beyond PACs. What are those things called? Right? It doesn't work, folks. Yeah. The more you limit me, all it does is limit me, but the next guy finds a way around it. So it's kind of like the criminal. You know, the idea is take away my gun because, by golly, guns are no guns aren't bad. Money's not bad. Okay. It's how it's used. Uh, And when you take away my gun, all you do is enable the criminal. When you take away my ability to fund my candidate, all you do is make it possible for somebody else to not obey the laws and fund their candidate, right? Yeah. It limits the little guy more than it limits the big guy who's interest or well the little guy or the guy that obeys the rules or whatever right well yeah or the rich guy that that really has a genuine interest in preserving the constitution you're right that's a good point too let me give you a headline to make the point democrats decry dark money then they won with it in 2020 (laughs) (laughs) can i make my point more poignant ladies and gentlemen Uh, well yeah, we'll, we'll do it about it. anyway. So that's that. And again, it doesn't matter how much money a candidate has if the, uh, the mainstream media chooses that they're going to go with one or the other and favor one or the other. That's the, usually the candidate, unfortunately, based on human nature, the person that they see more often and is presented more favorably on the mainstream media will most likely get the vote. So that's that. I don't think that's going to make a difference. So number nine, McCarthy reportedly agreed to allow open rules on spending measures, which could lend lengthy debates and efforts to zero out funding for programs unpopular with Republicans. Well, how do you define lengthy debates? There, there are going to be limits on debates. Whether they're lengthy or not is in the eye of the beholder. So we'll we'll see how he Amen defines lengthy debates. But I take another part part of that statement. It said lengthy debates. That's debatable, no question. But then read that last part right after the lengthy debates. Okay, uh, which could lead uh, to efforts to zero out funding for programs unpopular with Republicans. All right, I don't care if a popular if a program is popular or not with somebody. What I care right. about is is it constitutional. That's right. Okay, I don't care how popular it is. And the reason I say this is Donald Trump now is debating with the Republicans and warning them. Oh, don't you dare touch Medicaid and Social Security there. Don't you touch that. You know, you take on some of the things that the liberals want and prize and this and that. And don't. What are you, a socialist, Don? There's no yeah. bigger Ponzi schemes in America than Social Security, right? There's no <laughs> bigger Ponzi scheme in the country than Medicare and Medicaid, right? So why are you going to protect that, Donald? Because it's popular. It's the third rail of politics, don't you know? See, all I want to know is, is it constitutional? If it is, I want to fund it. If it's not, I don't want to fund it, Chris. Yeah. Yep, you're right. That which has become popular is not always constitutional or ethical. And we're seeing that, unfortunately. It's become more of a, like a sporting event. (laughs) Elections and the aftermath of elections, Sam, have become more like sporting events where we have to make sure that our team's team wins no matter what, just because, well, it's our team, right? And we lose track of why it's our team in the first place, which is, you know, they're supposed to be uh, working for our constitutional protections. 
Yeah, the dark money to athlete or the dark money to politicians is like doping to athletes, Chris. That's a good analogy. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And um, well, that's kind of a limit libertarian issue. I mean, shouldn't shouldn't athletes be able to take whatever supplementation benefits them? And, sure. And Why not? Sporting events. I'm not here yeah. to stop them. Why do we need a law yeah. to stop them? Now, you can have a private organization that says we're the non-doping such-and-such league. And if you want to create a league that we know is not doped and compare that against the dope leagues, you can see the difference in what it does or doesn't do for you. That's why I'm for the uh, yes, guns, no smoking airlines. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Jeremy Scott. Sad news out of Ukraine. Military officials confirm the death of a former Navy SEAL. The U.S. Navy says it's unclear why Daniel Swift was in the Eastern European country. He was a special warfare operator who had been listed as an active deserter since 2019 and was last stationed in Coronado, California. Swift is the sixth American known to have died while reportedly fighting in Ukraine. A bipartisan group of senators is visiting the war-ravaged country. Republican Lindsey Graham and Democrats Richard Blumenthal and Sheldon Whitehouse met with Ukrainian officials, including President Zelensky. A $2.5 billion weapons package is on its way to Ukraine. It's one of the largest shipments yet. It includes air defense systems, artillery, and combat vehicles. President Biden hosts mayors at the White House. Dave Collins has more on what they covered. It was a bipartisan group of mayors. During the event, one thing he talked about was policing. Everything shouldn't be in the extreme. So the way we train police officers is changing. And there's a lot of things you can look at to determine whether or not you can affect the safety of your city. He noted that under his American Rescue Plan, $350 billion was made available to state and local governments to make communities safer. He added the answer is not to defund the police, but to provide more funding. A public memorial service for the late Lisa Marie Presley will take place at the Graceland Mansion in Memphis on Sunday. Fans have gathered to pay their respects, including this woman who tells NBC that she adored Lisa Marie. I was sad beyond words. I cried. She was his only child who will carry on his name. Presley will be buried at Graceland's Meditation Garden near her son Elvis and his parents. Wild weather continues this weekend. More than 7 million people are under winter weather alerts as another system is set to slam the northeast. Heavy snow is expected in New Hampshire, New York, Maine, Massachusetts, and Vermont. This is USA News. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. And it's true. The typical family switching to MediShare saves 500 bucks or more a month, which is obviously huge for a lot of people. But what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. There are 400,000 members. They've shared over $4 billion in medical bills. And it really is a great community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. And here's the thing. If you join MediShare Complete right now, they'll waive your new member fees and you'll save an additional 10% off all of 2023. That's right. No fee to join, 10% off every month of next year, but it's a very limited time offer. You have to sign up before January 15th. Great savings, great health care. Find out more. Call now. 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. 
Okay, welcome back to Liberty Roundtable with Sam Bushman and Chris Carlson. We've been talking about some of the concessions that uh, Kevin McCarthy made to in order to become Speaker of the House of Representatives. And uh, I would like to talk about the next item on the list. He promised to reveal the salary, Sam, of government officials. Well, we kind of already know some of those salaries. In fact, we knew that Fauci made approximately $465,000 a year. That was no secret. The people didn't really seem to care about it, though. They, they kept listening to them, to him, his brainwashing. And that's why so many people are dying. We're going to talk about that next segment. But um, we already know what people make in Washington, D.C. It's about four or five times more than what the average American makes. Uh, I don't know what revealing the salaries of government officials is really going to do to change the game, Sam. People don't Chris, seem to it's going to make you feel good. It's popular to get salaries out on the table there. It's important. Well, they are. It's important, Chris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, it makes know, no difference whatsoever, folks. It's bogus. Yeah. It's just I think we ought to hold congressmen and senators to the average salary of the American people. You know what? Nah, that would require a lot. Just kidding. Just kidding. Well, why Don't not? want that there, yeah. Uh, but it would be so efficacious because then they would be pulling for us. i got to start us. paying congressmen and senators millions and millions of dollars like football players, man. <laughs> but I would rec- recommend that they be required to have all of their donors uh, on their jerseys. The bigger the donor, the bigger the pass that they would have to have, just like uh, NASCAR drivers. You've seen their – well, well – you haven't seen them, but you know that they wear jackets that have all their sponsors, you know, and the bigger the sponsor, the bigger the the insignia. I yeah, think by the way, if I had the Liberty Roundtable jacket like that, I'd only have like one or two patches on there. Sam <laughs> and a couple of his buddies, that's it. Uh, now you're making me feel guilty, Sam. I need to donate. Anyway, so, yeah, that won't make a, a plug nickels worth of difference. He reportedly agreed to spending caps that would limit future aid to Ukraine. That would be good, but that would be hidden in the military budget, you know, for future military expenditures. In fact, it might even be uh, off-balance sheet type expenditures. Yeah, and like Obama sent big old suitcases of cash overseas, that's all you got to do. If Congress blocks money, if you're the president, you just send over boatloads of suitcases full of cash. No criminal activity there, no harm, no foul. See, until we get to the bottom of this and arrest people like Joe and Obama and others for their criminal activity and manipulation of funds and everything else, what difference will that make, Chris? I mean, I appreciate the sentiment, but it won't make any difference. It won't make any difference. You're 100% right because there's so many ways that they can get away with distributing money without having it originate in uh, the House of Representatives, which the Constitution, as you and I both know, requires. But, you know, it's, it's off budget because it's military expenditure, have to be top secret. All this stuff can be resorted to to make sure that our money is being – and as far as the, the Ukraine is concerned, Sam, we know that that money is being laundered. You know, it's not – I mean, some of it is getting to weaponry that they're using to fight against Russia. But the only way to make it, it stop know. would be to go back to honest money, Chris. Yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. That is – Probably the first thing I'd do if I were president is put us back on an honest money system and declare all Federal Reserve notes, now uh, Treasury notes, and backed by gold. You could do it. It'd be so easy. Even a dummy like I could do that. Anyway. There you have it. Back to, 
getting back to those provisions, I want to go through, because I want to talk about McCarthy's track record, because it's going to blow your mind, his track record. And all the, you know, he he's never been Speaker of the House. He has been Majority Leader. In fact, there were two years where the Republicans had um, the House, they had the Senate, and they had the presidency. That was in 2017 when Donald Trump And the Trump courts. Don't president. forget the courts there. They had control of the courts too, Chris. They had everything, and they did nothing they with everything. it. everything. Yep. You're right, because uh, six of the nine uh, Supreme Court justices were actually appointed by Republicans. They had everything. They could have restored this constitutional republic to its constitutional foundations, but they didn't. You want proof um, they don't want to? There it is. There it is. Okay, but before we do, I, I want to talk about the next one. The Texas border plan will be put before Congress. The four-pronged plan aims to complete physical border infrastructure yeah, that's what Donald Trump said he was going to do. He had four years to do it, and he could have done it, but he didn't. And number two, fix border enforcement policies, enforce our laws in the interior, and target cartels and criminal organizations. I would like to point something that a lot of people don't think about when it comes to thirty-five years, right? You're but breaking up. Say it again, Chris. The... Say that one more time, Sam. You're breaking up. Sorry. Say it again. Oh, okay. I'm going to. So for the first 200 years of this country's existence, we've been around for 235 years, according to my calculations. We had an open border. We've never had a fence on that border. But we didn't have any issues with illegal immigration. Have you ever wondered why? Well, I can tell you why, because we didn't have the handouts left and right. We didn't have the reasons to come here to commit criminal activity and escape your country. Uh, there were uh, complications to become here. We used to vet people to make sure they were all right, to make sure they didn't have diseases, to make sure they weren't criminals and fleeing other countries. We had uh, guidelines in place, and we also didn't have this free handout bringing all kinds of ne'er-do-wells to America looking for something for nothing. We didn't have that agenda then, right? So, does, yes, exactly what you said. That's exactly what I was going to say. Doesn't that put the lie to the fact that we need to put a wall up then? Why do we need a wall if the, for the first 200 years of our country's existence, we never needed any of those things at the border? We just I'll give you one other tidbit. Why not shut the illegal door down and open the legal door appropriately? There's a lot of room. I've driven from Montana to Texas. There's plenty of room here for people, ladies and gentlemen. What we got to do is have people come for the right reasons who will build America, who don't want to be on the dole, who will jettison their old country in their own language and embrace what's called America and become Americans like we used to have. Now what we do is we create these enclaves. Uh, of people who don't want to give up their country or their culture or that they just want to um, supplant it in America funded by our tax dollars. Okay, uh, we need to go back to the yesteryear immigrant who believed in America, who believed in our way of life and said, I want to learn. No, we're not speaking our, our other language in our house. We're learning English. We're going to embrace the customs and the ways and the life of Americans. We're going to work hard and we're going to have the American dream. See, they used to get that, Chris. They no longer get it because you don't have to do that to get here or to stay here. That's the problem. That's right. Very well put, Sam. I wish I could have said it as uh, eloquently. One more uh, provision. Uh, we'll skip over a couple, but this is, this is really important because I think uh, there's a huge blind spot. You know, we talk about the uh, funding of the 87,000 new IRS agents and how up in arms American conservatives were about that when that was uh, passed in legislation recently. Um, and they're going to apparently Kevin McCarthy is going to address that issue. We're, they're going to repeal that legislation, which is great. Here's the problem, Sam. 
uh, once we have a central bank digital currency, all that is going to be a moot point because then the IRS is they'll probably downsize because all they'll have to do is they'll cut off our funds if we don't pay our taxes. They won't need 87,000 new IRS agents. The, one or two could do the same job as a dozen of the regular agents with a computer. They'll just cut off our funds. And that's exactly what we're headed for. And I hope people are awake to that reality. We could talk about that another day. But I, So that's basically all that I wanted to cover about the concessions that uh, McCarthy has made in order to get a few of the conservative caucus members to stand down and not vote either yay or nay for him as the um, Speaker of the House. But I would like to talk at this point about McCarthy's track record because he's got a pretty dismal track record. So like you said, in uh, 2017 and 2018, we had a conservative House. Well, we had a Republican House. We had a Republican Senate. We had a Republican Supreme Court. And we had a Republican presidency. We could have made so much progress under those conditions if they, the people that were, in fact, Republicans had done the right thing. Let's look at the record. On May 3rd, 2017, the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2017, a 1,665-page omnibus, omnibus bill passed with barely any time to read it and was supported by the Democrats 178 to 15. The Democrats loved it, but the Republicans were split down the middle. Every single Senate Democrat voted for it. This is under a Republican-dominated government. The budget bill increased spending, busted the budget caps, declined to gut Obamacare's promise, and failed to fund the border wall. Under a Raise the debt ceiling all on top of it all, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'll just, in the interest of time, because I want to transition uh, during the next period, on September 8th, the same thing happened. McCarthy has majority. Remember, he's majority leader during this period of time. Uh, Paul Ryan was the Speaker of the House. He voted for, and this is another September 8, 2017, during that same period of time, and whipped for a debt ceiling suspension. Okay, so he, he has a track record of supporting debt ceiling suspensions. Okay, and then there are two yeah, other Yeah, track record of raising the debt ceiling is what we're saying. Hey, let's skip the break real quick. I do have a commercial I want to focus on, though. Did you guys know the Freedom Fest is coming up in July? It'll be in Memphis, Tennessee, July 12th through the 15th, ladies and gentlemen. The Freedom Fest. And I will be there with a booth, broadcasting live, and a whole lot more. If you want to rub shoulders with the movers and the shakers and the freedom movement, the Freedom Fest is one of the biggest patriotic events you will experience anywhere in the country. Incredible speakers. I'll be bringing a bunch of sheriffs with me to debate and discuss, believe it or not, the border. Yeah, the Freedom Fest is happening July 12th through the 15th of July. That's coming up in 2023. I'm going to be there. So will a bunch of other incredible people. To learn more, check it out. Freedomfest.com. Get your early bird tickets today, and I'll see you there. Freedomfest.com. Chris? Okay, so yeah, so McCarthy has a track record. I just wanted to point that out. This is by Daniel Horowitz. Let's continue because there's a lot of good detail here. So uh, two of the budgets that he supported, now remember he's majority leader of a majority Republican, not only Congress, but president, and as you pointed out, Supreme Court. So they, they had everything they could have asked for. And yet all these bills on September 8th, 2017, 
um, it was supported overwhelmingly by Democrats because it it elevated the debt ceiling, just like he promised not to. Well, he didn't really promise not to. He said he's going to have a a hard line position on that, which could you know mean he's going to give in after three or four days rather than after one or two days. <laughs> anyway, March 28th, McCarthy and Paul Ryan. Remember, Paul Ryan was the Speaker of the House in 2018 shepherded through a massive omnibus bill for the remainder of the fiscal year 2018 that funded every Democrat priority with increased funding, including the items Trump promised to eliminate completely. So Donald Trump is implicated in this criminal act. After And then Donald Trump, after initially threatening to veto to the bill, Sam, he reluctantly signed it, but then promised that he would, quote, never sign another bill like this again, unquote, which just proves that he knew that it was a bad bill, Sam. That he, for whatever reason, he signed the bill. Yeah, to those yeah. of you who wanted to stop that big old spending bill, I'll say one thing to you. Close, but no cigar. Yep, again. So, and then finally, one of his ass, last Acts of Congress, he passed the final bill, which funded the government with Democrat priorities, minus most of the border wall. Um, and then McCarthy voted for the bill that was supported by nearly every Democrat, but opposed by the majority of Republicans. That was February 14, 2019, um, when, the, like I said, the Republicans were still in power. Um, and then it goes on. And then... There are those credible charges of marital infidelity that we should probably cover, and this probably explains a lot of his behavior, Sam, because the powers that be, they do not want people who are honest, wise, and good in Washington, D.C. because they cannot be controlled. There are not skeletons in their closets that can be threatened to be taken out in order to manipulate and control them. And um, I'll go ahead and read what Margaret Hartman, senior editor for Intelligence or uh, talks about in the World Affairs Brief. She says, um, back in 2015, the rumors were more than a side note in the story of McCarthy's stumble. So apparently a, a congresswoman by the name of Renee Elmers and uh, House of Representative Kevin McCarthy had an affair. GO representative, GOP representative Walter Jones added more fuel to the fire when he issued a letter calling on candidates to withdraw from the race for speaker. So he ran for speaker back in 2015. I don't know if you remember that. Um, and GOP Representative Walter Jones issued a letter saying, if there are any misdeeds that uh, you, Kevin McCarthy, have committed since joining Congress that will embarrass you, the Republican Conference and the House of Representatives uh, will make those misdeeds public. Unquote. Jones later confirmed that his letter was partly inspired by a blog post that he read about McCarthy and Elmers, this uh, other congresswoman. Guess what? McCarthy changed his mind on pursuing the speakership within a matter of hours after having received that letter, Sam. Now, does this prove that he did anything wrong? No. But why would he do a 180-degree reversal on pursuing the speakership after within uh, a few minutes of having received that, or hours, I guess, in this case, of receiving that letter? Making the case for his candidacy and an early morning meeting, then saying that he was dropping out by noon. Um, who knows? I'm not going to... Well, this is a great transition, ladies and gentlemen. You cannot find that which for you don't look, okay? 
You cannot find that for which you don't look. You're not going to find that on McCarthy if you don't look for it either. And what they've done is buried McCarthy's misdeeds and made him speaker anyway, despite 20 people saying no, 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 no. Well, okay. And that's where we are. And that's true in politics. It's true with Kevin McCarthy. And it's also true with the COVID reality. Check. More evidence comes out that we're telling the truth, Chris. More evidence comes out. And I've, I've tried to get Ryan Cole to come on your show. He's a tough guy to get a hold of. He, he's up in Idaho, which is not too far from where we live here in Utah, Sam. So Dr. Ryan Cole, he makes a statement, yes, you cannot find that for which you do not look. Uh, and this is an interview that uh, was conducted with him, uh, with Mr. Uh, or actually a Dr. Jan Jekyllek. And uh, Dr. Dan- Jan Jekyllek is with um, the with uh, the media group, um, Epic, the Epic Times, excuse me, okay? And he conducted this interview. It was over an hour interview, and Dr. Ryan Cole, who is very well qualified to talk about uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. And let me run through those qualifications, and we'll probably continue this next week, Sam, because there's a lot of information here that I want to cover, but we'll go ahead and get started now. So Dr. Ryan Cole, um, who owns... Uh, an establishment up in Boise, Idaho called Cold Diagnostics was trained at the Mayo Clinic, trained in an anatomic and clinical pathology, surgical pathology. He did some PhD work in immunology and then did a subspecialty fellowship in dermatopathology in New York under the world expert. So yeah, he's an expert in pathology. And he owns a clinic where they they take biopsies from people with cancer and from other uh, chronic diseases, and they study them. And uh, in the course of his work, you know, during the last two and a half years, during this so-called pandemic that we've been experiencing, and more particularly during the uh, rollout of the uh, vaccinations, so-called vaccinations, they're not really vaccinations, they're mRNA gene therapies, which is different than a vaccination, he noticed some peculiarities with some of the biopsies that he was looking at in his clinic. And um, a lot, a lot of inconsistencies with with what he discovered in his clinic uh, compared to what the government was telling us, particularly Dr. Fauci. So he he talks about uh, when the COVID-19 pandemic um, was in its heyday, which we are not no longer in, he says it looked a lot like MERS. Now, MERS is, um, its scientific identification is SARS-CoV-1. Now, if you remember, COVID-19 is SARS-CoV-2. There's a reason that those um, scientific designations are so similar, because according to Dr. Ryan Colfam, they are 80% the same, okay, Uh, genetically. So they're, they're very closely related. So he goes on, and I'm going to quote him. So I thought, okay, we know what happened there, that is with MERS, with SARS-CoV-1. It came through, uh, affected mostly the elderly in terms of the adverse outcomes, and then burned itself out reasonably quickly. And this is typical of all viruses, and this is why the uh, our response to COVID-19 was so peculiar, because normally, scientifically speaking, what you do is you get herd immunity within a year, year and a half. Everybody gets herd immunity, and then you move on. But we didn't respond that, uh, to COVID-19 in the same way that we responded to MERS, for example. 
uh, and I think that was like 2006, 2007, when that pandemic occurred. He goes on to say, and those who have been exposed were immune and still are 18 years later. Now he's talking, going back to talking about SARS-CoV-1, which is MERS. So he basically said, once you're exposed to the disease, in the case of MERS, you you quickly become immune to it, and you you gain herd immunity over a period of a year, year and a half, and then you are immune to that particular strain of that virus for life. He said, okay, so we can manage this. And then I watched, and what the world did, I thought, this is an interesting approach to something, uh, quote, the two weeks to flatten the curve, and we're afraid of what this might do. So, you know, as an honest doctor, and there's some out there, Sam, that aren't as, as much concerned about their careers in the medical field, that they can actually uh, observe what's going on during this recent uh, two and a half years during this pandemic, and they can scratch their heads and honestly say, there's something that's not right. There's something amiss with how we're approaching this, and Dr. Ryan Cole happens to be one of them. Um and he goes on to talk about uh, case fatality rates. He said this case, now he's talking about COVID-19. He says this case fatality rate is just a fraction of a percent instead of many percentage points, like they were telling you. Remember initially they were saying, oh, we could have 10% fatality rates with COVID-19. No, he was uh, observing this phenomenon objectively. Uh, you know, ruling out some of the things, the cases that were not even close to, you know, like somebody got in a car accident and had, were diagnosed with COVID-19. So they ruled out a COVID-19 death. Okay, so he talks about that. So we had this construct, societally of 3% or 8% of people are going to die under the age of 65 with no comorbidities, the case fatality rate was essentially almost zero. So with his objective observation, he he noticed that the reality of the situation in the case of COVID-19 was so much different than the dire predictions and even what they were reporting with their falsified data. So he goes on to say, if the government policy, when we looked at it, was more the pandemic and scare instead of just following the data, following the evidence. And um, so he knew early on, and he, there's a yeah, thing. He knew early on, and he highlights that he talks about we have a, a vitamin D epidemic in America. Uh, he oh, also yeah. gets his YouTube videos taken down. This guy's a hero, ladies and gentlemen, and you really need to get enough vitamin D, folks. It is a serious problem. If you want to stay well, you've got to have enough vitamin D. Uh, it's that simple. You cannot find... That for which you do not look. Dr. Ryan Cole uh, with the details. He talks about ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. They're antivirals. They make a huge difference, folks. But you know what? We have federal agencies saying don't do autopsies. We're not going to fund that. We're not going to look at that. We're not going to. He's like, why wouldn't you look at it? Why wouldn't you follow the data? Why wouldn't you look at everything? And Dr. Ryan is spot on, Chris. Yep. Yeah, he does talk about, now I'll add a personal note to his ivermectin. I was diagnosed, and I think it was the Omicron variant, if there is such a thing, and I'm skeptical as to whether there is such a thing as the Omicron variant. So I was, uh, about two and a half years ago, my wife and I both got 
um, COVID-19. And I, it was probably legit. I probably did because we were diagnosed with it, even though the um, the tests are bogus. But all the symptoms were consistent. But then later on, Sam, and I know you got it too, but later on, Sam, I got another uh, form that was similar. I didn't lose my taste. And I took ivermectin. And the ne- literally the next day, I was back to work. Uh, interesting, because I took ivermectin. And I was I down literally for a month, and the second I got ivermectin, within hours, I got off oxygen. Yeah. In fact, he, he recommended, so he going back to the dialogue here, or the yeah, the dialogue, he says his first patient was actually his brother, and his brother satisfied a lot of the comorbidities associated with uh, people who died from COVID-19. And he said he recommended that his own brother, who was overweight and had diabetes, go and get some ivermectin. The next day, his brother called and reported that he was better. And then he cured his mother. And then he went on and cured uh, upwards to 400 of his personal patients at his clinic. And he said not one of them had to report to the hospital and not one of them died. And to, I think to every one of them, he recommended either ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or probably both. He didn't. The make government that clear. is shutting this guy down, ladies and gentlemen, wrongfully so. The great doctor finishes by saying this. Get the government out of the people's medical care. Look, they don't need to be deciding, these policymakers, what treatment you do or do not get, ladies and gentlemen. Let doctors be doctors and be good doctors and prescribe medicines as they think best. And don't you dare experiment on, in, experiment on anybody, especially the children. What an incredible doctor, Chris. Yep. I wish um, I wish we could get him on your show. Maybe we can, Sam. I tried to do that for you, but he's a hard guy to get a hold of. But he's a good man, very good man. All right, we're waiting for Chris's outro, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. Without God, we cannot win. With God, we cannot lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson and liberty-loving patriots everywhere, continuing our duty, sir. LovingLiberty.net. Donate liberally, please. We need every penny we can get to tell the tale of truth everywhere we go. Thanks so much for your involvement in the broadcast. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.